0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. So today's episode is really focused on a variety of things, but a big theme is going to be customer experience. Certainly a big hot topic in today's world, supply chain and otherwise. And as we all know, that experience can be optimized by developing strong customer relationships. More on that in just a minute. But I want to formally welcome in our our guest here today. She's a fellow founder and entrepreneur, And her organization is doing big things in the customer experience space and beyond. So, with no further ado, I wanna welcome in Mathilde Collin, co founder and CEO at Front. Mathilde, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be here and chat
0: with you, Scott. Well, we are too. Uh, we've been admirers of what you've been doing and and uh, the type of what your organization has been up to. And as we talked about pre-show, the type of culture you're building for those extended family members that y'all call frontiers. So more on that and much more here today on Supply Chain Now. Okay, so Mathilde, uh, up front here, I want to get to know you a little better, uh, let our audience get to know you a little better. So tell us, first off, where did you grow up? And and you know, give us a few anecdotes about your upbringing.
1: Well, maybe you can tell from my accent, I was uh, born in France, uh, in the suburb of Paris. Um, And, you know, as far as I can remember, um, I was a very happy kid. Um, Maybe the, the thing that was most defining about who I was and still am today is very competitive, um, I loved winning. I lo- so I did a ton of sports. I played soccer, I played tennis, I played board games, okay, um, and it's still a huge driver for what I'm doing today. um so that's one piece about myself. The other piece is. For some reason, I've always cared about human beings just because they're human beings. We're in this boat all together. Um, and I feel like we should care for one another. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that I realized when I was a kid, being a happy kid, was a lot of the, the adults around me weren't super excited about their job. like weren't looking forward to going to work every Monday. Uh, and it made me so sad as like... if that's what growing up means. I'd rather not grow up. And a huge part, you talked about frontiers and you know, a huge part of also what drove my decision to start a company was maybe the naive dream of creating a place where people would be happy to come to work every day and be engaged. Uh, so I, two anecdotes.
0: I love that. Okay, let me back up because we're going to get into the front story in just a second. Um, but I love how that is so connected to who you are as a human, but also as a child and being that proverbial happy child. So you mentioned you played soccer and tennis. Which one were you better at?
1: Um, I think I practiced tennis way more, but I was more gifted at soccer.
0: Okay. All right. Um, And with soccer, what position on the field did you play?
1: I was striking goals. Okay. (laughs) And playing on the left.
0: You know, whether it's World Cup or whether it's Olympics, or whether it's professional, there's probably no better celebration than a soccer goal. You know, getting that goal and seeing the team come together and celebrate is that was that cool, Matilde?
1: I loved it. I love the fact that it's a, it's a team uh, game. Mm. I love mm. tennis as well. I, I played as a team, uh, oh. played tennis. But yes, love celebrating success. I actually it's one of my areas of improvements as a CEO. I'm not so good at it. But when you strike a goal, like you don't have anything else to do than you know celebrating. So that's easy in business <laughs> is a little bit harder.
0: It is. It is. OK. One final uh, uh, question about your upbringing. You know, when I hear France and growing up in a, in a suburb just outside of Paris, that iconic world city, I think cuisine and food. What's one food dish that is inseparable from your upbringing that you really just uh, loved as a kid? Um,
1: it's interesting because my mom is actually uh, half French and half Swedish. And I have, so I think I have way more memory. So let me think about a French. So I'll tell you, because it's the thing that I miss the most. It may be very basic, but I love baguettes. Mm. Like it's the most cliche thing, but I've been living in the U.S. for nine years. And in San Francisco, I've been unable to find an okay baguette. Not even great <laughs> Just okay, and then I just took it for granted that every day, every morning you could eat it, every dinner you could eat it, and now I miss it so much with like every meal I make. So that's that's the like next disruption I want to work on.
0: I'm with you. You know, uh, during the pandemic, especially during during the the, the deepest throes of pandemic, uh, homemade bread making became such a big thing, not just here in the states but globally. And to your point, there's such a uh, a Big difference. in, um, you know, bread you find in a grocery store and that homemade character field, uh, you can almost taste the whole story behind the loaf when you have really good homemade bread. And, of course, you pair it with great butter and it doesn't help you shed some of these uh, pandemic pounds. But, man, it's really almost irreplaceable. I All agree. Right. So uh baguettes, uh finding world-class baguette baguettes will be part of your your maybe your next chapter. But let's talk about your current uh your current chapter. Y'all been doing some really big things for quite some time at front. Uh we were just celebrating your one of your most recent um recognitions where uh, a group Uh, named you one of the best places to work. And you were talking about that culture and and those frontiers and how important it is for folks to look forward to those Mondays. But first, before we talk about uh, what you're up to now, let's go back to the genesis of the company. You're one of the co-founders. How did it all start? So
1: I graduated, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, And then I actually had to find a job because I had to pay for... The loan that I had made to go to school. Um, so I, I wanted to start a company. I had studied entrepreneurship, which is the thing in France, but I couldn't really afford starting a company. So joined a software company. I was doing a contract management software um, and I stayed there for only a year. So I loved everything I learned. I loved the ability for softwares to change how people work at scale, but the culture of the company made me very unhappy. And I didn't know how much of an impact the culture of a company could have. I was super fortunate afterwards to meet with my co-founder and our first investors who agreed to fund the company pre-product. So that was very fortunate. And so I started the company a year after I graduated. So I don't have a lot of work experience for it to front. The reason I started front was because I felt like email was the tool that Knowledge workers were using the most to get work done and yet hadn't evolved in the past twenty five years. And I thought every single software in the world is uh, literally becoming better, except for the one that people use the most. Um, and I think that goes back to the impact I wanted to have. and I felt like if, you know, the product was, uh, good then it could have a meaningful impact on people's lives at work um and then on the competitive nature of myself like the the market is so big um and I enjoy that so that's how it all got started in France in uh we launched eight years ago um four days ago
0: okay well okay big anniversary then just four days yes. ago um so if I heard you correctly you saw email as as uh, uh, still, the powerful vehicle that it has been, but you saw it kind of st- having stagnated a bit going back for a couple decades, right? So, how did? If I, so, if I heard you, how do we reinvent email to really maximize the art of the possible that uh, yeah. it poses, right?
1: Yes, hundred percent. So, I, I was thinking, like, what is? Um, what are the main characteristics or of how work gets done today, um, and how is email different from what people? expect and how they work. And the way I felt was, so first of all, today you must always work as a team and email makes information very siloed. Like it's your, in your inbox, no one has access to it. Right. Um, And so the first thing I thought was, well, if it was collaborative and you could easily, you know, collaborate on a draft Add internal notes about an email and start an internal discussion, assign something to someone to make sure that you know who is accountable for replying to someone. Mm. That would be a wonderful improvement. And then I thought there are so many manual tasks that you're doing every day that are so repetitive. You archive, you for CCBCC, like everything like if you could automate some of these repetitive tasks so for example you know you could say if an email contains this sentence then make sure that you assign it to this person if it's in French then put it in this inbox if um, it hasn't been replied in three hours add a flag like you want to make sure that you reply in less than three hours so automation and the last piece was um, analytics like Every software in the world pretty much gives you data on how you work. And email is the tool you use the most and gives you zero data It's because it's siloed. So I think like... Very early on, this was uh, how I envisioned it, it should be collaborative, it should be automated, um, and it it should give you the right insights. Later on, we added a fourth piece, which is it should be integrated with the other tools you're using. You're going to use many other tools. Let's make sure that we bring the context so that when you're looking at an email, you know everything about your customer or your shipment or like whatever matters to you so that you give the best answer possible in the fastest way.
0: Uh Man, making email so much more powerful, making it so much more functional, uh, reinventing it in many ways. Uh, also, using it as a, as a better uh, platform for gathering data and insights and analytics. Um, man, what, a, what an incredible uh, adventure. Now, eight years and four days later. So, now that we know kind of the genesis and some of the main aspects of Front that led to you, uh, you know, starting the business... Tell us about Front today and build on what build on those key uh, aspects of of the platform and tell us where does the company stand today.
1: Of course. So, I think there are many things we've learned over the past 8 years. When you tackle a very big problem like the one I described, I think it is amazing because of the scale, the impact you can have, but the challenge is you want to make sure that you also focus on like specific pain points, industries, teams to make sure that you're really do- doing something amazing for them versus something good for a little bit of everyone. So I think what we learned. So like special
0: in- specialization, a little bit of customization is what I'm hearing there, Matilda, is that right? It,
1: exactly. And, and I think that, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about this. Um, email still has this wonderful things that it can be used by lots of different teams and industries, but it doesn't mean all teams, all industries, independent of size, etc.
0: Right.
1: So the thing we realized is Where the stakes are the highest when you think about communication is for a lot of businesses on customer communication. So at the end of the day, why a business exists is to serve their customers. And so if you screw up on your communication with potential customers or customers, you put your business at risk.
0: Bad things happen, right? Bad things happen.
1: Exactly. And the reason why today we talk about Front as a customer communication hub is because what we realize is, the most value that we put people were getting were when they were talking to potential customers and customers. So that's a, a change from how we talked about it eight years ago and today. Then we also understood that some industries have a really strong fit with Front. And specifically, the teams or industries that need to do an exceptional job at communicating with their uh, whatever customers mean for them, who are operationally more complex and so need more coordination. Like these industries, and so supply chain logistics, and I'm sure we'll get back to it, but these are examples of industries where the stakes are high. If they do a good job, their business can be meaningfully better and different. They can retain their customers better. They can save more money. And so we started over the years talking more to these industries and making sure we understood them deeply and built the product that was aimed at delivering the most value for them. So today we're, uh, you know, we have offices in four different um, cities, Paris, Dublin, Chicago, and San Francisco, um, as well as a remote team. Um, We have 450 employees, um, over eight thousand customers uh, across a hundred different countries. So we've been growing quite a while. Just the same time last year, I think we were two hundred and fifty people. So you know, we've grown fast. Um,
0: wow.
1: But it's been it's been very exciting.
0: Well, uh, congrats on all the growth and and all the uh, recognition and and by outside parties. I want to go back to on the front end. We were talking about you know celebrating those wins and how it can be a little more challenging in the business world. I think, uh, I don't know about you, Mathilde, but I think because there's so many things, right? You never want to stop. There's never a finish line. There really isn't. And it's tougher for leaders to to really zero in and be in the moment, right? And celebrate with their team. What's one of your favorite ways that you, you and your team and your, your frontiers have celebrated your growth over the last uh, eight years and four days?
1: Such an interesting question. So I... So we have this thing at Front. It's very specific to Front. But um, since the very early days, we've been building Legos. Um, and every time there is a new person, they join Front, they get to pick the Lego set they want. I oh, um, love it. And then we get to build it all together. It's just a great way um, to, to meet people over a Lego set. And we've managed to build custom Legos, so custom minifigures, And so, to to celebrate a milestone um, or a project like whatever it is, we will create a minifig that's custom made for each employee and and give it to them. And so now people on their desk have a few different minifigs based on their accomplishments and the projects they were a part of. So that's been a, I've loved doing that.
0: Okay. I've got to get some pictures. We're going to have to compare notes after today's show. I love that idea because who doesn't love Legos? And, you know, beyond the fun factor, uh, i love kind of what it implies because every everybody plays a role in the big picture and, and that bigger thing that you're building right so i love kind of how that reiterates that um you know successes or some of those tougher days right where everyone everyone kind of uh, pulls together you know digs deeper in the trenches and and uh, just powers through uh, those tougher days that are part of any journey um all right so i want to shift gears over um because the broader thing we're talking about here, uh, one one of the broader things that uh, platforms like Front uh, are uh, are uh, helping organizations get better and more effective with is customer experience. Now, I would argue the notion of customer experience has been around a long time, but now here in in recent years, there's been a rise of kind of a formal CX or course uh, customer experience um, methodology. So, you know, when it comes to uh, optimizing uh, and really implementing a successful customer ex- experience program from your point of view, Matilde, and kind of even beyond front a little bit. From your Excellent. point of view, what's a couple of things that our listeners that want to optimize CX should really know?
1: So I think uh, maybe at the highest level, and then I'll, I'll go one level deeper, but it needs to be a focus. Like I think um, over time, every industry becomes commoditized and every business will have to differentiate on customer experience. Also, I think in the past few years, and especially during the pandemic, but it's become more and more of an expectation that a company will deliver amazing experience. So the first thing they should do is make it a priority, hire people that take it seriously, want to invest. And I can't emphasize enough how crucial it is to a company's success. Everything else would be a short-term optimization. Mid-term, long-term, you'll have to be excellent at it if you want to win. Mm. Um, So now going like, how do you do this? Because, you know, great to say this. Uh, So so I think how do you do this is, one one of my belief is what people want is, they want communication to feel very personal. Uh, They want to feel like they're talking to a human being, And they don't want to, you know, receive like your ticket number one, two, three, four, five, reply above this line. You'll be like, what happens behind the scenes is your problem. Like this is your company. The person that's reaching out to you shouldn't be exposed to whatever is happening behind the scenes. Um, And so I think companies need to invest in technology because that's the only way you can scale and not just put more humans at the prime. The more humans you put at the prime, the more complicated your processes become and the more time you're going to spend on processes versus actually getting back to your customers. Um, So invest in technology, but making sure that the technology you use puts the human at the forefront of this experience that that to me is what I deeply believe in, and where the world is going.
0: I, I love that. Um, you know, digital transformation is another phrase we're hearing so much about. But uh, as as Kevin L. Jackson and many of our other hosts and guests have have uh, really reiterated time and time again, it's really human transformation, right? And and we can't lose sight of the fact of what you just shared. Yeah. Uh, um, go out and find the right technology that that's deeply relevant to what you're trying to do, but do it with your team and and never you know, make sure we center on what they're doing after after to your earlier point your first point making sure we hire folks that have those common values and want to be um you're talking about being a happy happy child in your early days you know want to make others happy, right? If you want to really be focused on, on uh, you know, customer service and, and customer experience, it's a big part of the DNA on your team. It's one of, beyond technology, the DNA on the team that you hire, right?
1: 100%. I 100%. I, 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 I couldn't agree more with everything you said.
0: So, uh, you know what my kids are telling me, Mathilde? Uh, we've got three kids here, um, uh, Brantley, Gracie, and Ben. And they've been telling me that the short, Abbreviation for hundred percent these days is Honey P. Have you heard that yet in the lexicon? Okay, I haven't. I'm I'm too old. (laughs) Well, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout, Uh, Honey P. Okay, someone switch gears Uh, again. Congrats to all uh, that the front team and and all your frontiers have been doing. Love celebrating uh, uh, startup and entrepreneurial uh, growth. Uh, you're building quite a capable team uh, globally. So we'll have to get a check in. We'll have to check back in with you maybe at the end of the year or beginning next year. But you also clearly, much like we do here at Supply Chain now, we, we uh, you know um, do good, give forward, and be the change, right? That's a core mantra along with deeds, not words, right? You, uh, Mathilde, uh, mentor aspiring entrepreneurs through uh, several different programs as part of what I understand to be part of your you know give forward uh, All Raises Female Founders Office Hours is one of the groups that you mentor groups with, uh, uh, fellow entre- entrepreneurs or want to be founders with. Uh, along those lines, Matilda, what's one or two pieces of advice that you would share with potential founders in our audience?
1: So, so many of them. Maybe I'll start with one that's very controversial, which okay. is talking. The- don't listen to most advice and actually any <laughs> advice. I think your responsibility is to gather a, a lot of them, but I think human beings have a willingness to tell you, like, this is what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And you're the best person to know what you should do and shouldn't do. So just take them as inputs and data points, uh, but just be aware of the fact that you will always know your customers, your market, your team, everything better than anyone else. So with that being said, I'll still do the opposite of what I just said and give some advice. (laughs) Um, I think uh, maybe two that are completely different. The first one would be about uh, mental health. I think founders have an insanely hard job. Like, it was true five years ago. When you think about what they're going through right now, I mean, you, the pandemic changed everything. The macro environment is changing. In the supply chain world, there is a crisis. Like, there is way more disruption. There has been way more disruption in the past two and a half years than there has been in the past like 10 years. And so it is more important than ever to take care of yourself. You'll only be a good leader if you're a happy, balanced human being. And so there are many things you can do for this. Like you can make sure that you take some time off. You can make sure that you don't check your emails right before going to bed. And first thing when you get up in the morning, like many things. Um, But I would say, just make sure that you invest in yourself. This is a good investment for your company as well. Mm. The second thing is, I'm a huge believer. There is an article I wrote a few years ago um, about discipline. I'm a huge believer that discipline drives a ton of the success of your company, more so than, for example, the vision you have, which you know, is important, but in my opinion, not the most important thing. And this is part of the reason why I think I started France. And you know, when people use France, they use it many hours a day. This is a way to make sure that you're on top of everything, like you know exactly who is handling what. And I think this discipline, this rigor is absolutely critical in order to succeed. Like so many stars need to align in order for you to succeed. It's insane. So when you have a business that's growing, like first be super proud of yourself and then make sure that you keep investing in this discipline, which, you know, has I could talk for hours about what it means uh, right. between the goals, the processes, the team, and um, everything. But these would be my two pieces of
0: advice. I appreciate that. You know, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, uh, whether you're a uh, a team member and maybe you're clocking in and out and putting in your 40 each week, or or if you're um, a founder and putting in <laughs> no telling amount of hours, one of the things I'm hearing you say is is making the best use, most efficient use of those hours. And if you, can, you know, if you can um, engage with, with tools and platforms like Front or other things out there that um, you know, allows you to save time and touch something just once. I, I think that's some of the advice I'm hearing you say. And then the other, uh, which I think is so universal and so human and, and certainly one. and I'm about to ask you one of your key Eureka moments. But one of mine over the last couple of years was your first piece of advice. No, not the "don't listen to advice," although that, that there's a lot of value there about investing, taking care of yourself, investing in yourself. You know, I've heard it put as simply. There's a very successful business person in the Atlanta area uh, that was deeply um, uh, sig- uh, significant for many folks, and they said when they were uh, when they were tired, they slept. When they were hungry, they ate. When they were ready to work they worked. And it's so simple, but oftentimes we don't listen to that inner voice, you know, we don't shut down email like what like you were saying and take time to take care of ourselves, right?
1: I 100%. I mean my I mean I've had a few European moments, but one of the things that's seems like a sad story, turned out to be a great story, is my co-founder, who's the CTO of the company, was diagnosed with cancer Mm. end of 2017. And then my entire world collapsed because my entire balance fell apart. Um, He's healthy now, and um, I'm a way happier human being today. But it forced me. I, I think I pushed so hard on making sure that the company was doing well, that he was doing well, that I forgot about myself. And then you know, one day I just woke up and couldn't go to work. And that forced me to change a bunch of things in the culture we have at front, in how I operate on a day-to-day basis. Still today, you know, many years later, five years later, um, I meditate every morning. I just take 10 minutes and it just gives me the headspace that I need in order to be the best version of myself, mm. professionally and personally. So I agree with what you said.
0: I, I love that. Matil, thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for that transparent share about one of the tougher times. And it's so good to hear that your fellow co-founder uh, sounds like they beat cancer. Yes. That's, that is wonderful. That's uh, amazing. It really is. Uh, and, and how even through the darkest times in our journey, you know, there's lessons to be learned and applied. And, and that's one of, the, one of the things you share with us. Um, all right. So we're going to ask you in a, in a second how folks can connect with you and learn more about Front. If, uh, I can see a lot of application for making email more powerful, uh, to using platforms like Front uh, in the global supply chain, you know, because it's all about those customer relationships. That's the name of the game. That's the core of everything, as you've mentioned on the front end. Um, but beyond what you just shared, if you look back the last couple of years, you know, we're big on Eureka moments. Some days have twenty-seven Eureka moments. Others, others, thankfully, have just a couple. But anything else that really has stuck with you in terms of a Eureka moment in, in recent years?
1: Um, I think maybe, uh, so on a, on a completely different topic, um, I feel like the more your company grows, uh, the more, um, the better you are at managing your team, the more impact it's going to have. Like at the end of the day, my impact, you know, with like just what I do every day becomes, um, not as important as how I can empower the people that work with me. And maybe the biggest learning, I'll tell you the biggest learning from last year is, I have an executive team at France. Uh, They're wonderful. Uh, And in order to build trust within a team, it takes so much deliberate effort and you can never take it for granted. Mm. You constantly need to invest in it. Once you have this, it just multiplies the impact of everyone by so much. And so I used to believe that, you know, we can do an site every other in every half year, and it's going to be great. But the reality is, when you get to work in fast-changing environments, there are so many decisions you need to make, so many new people that join, so many new parameters you need to take into account, that in my opinion, constantly investing in the trust that a team has will never, ever be a waste of time. So I'll just share this one from the past year.
0: Oh, Matilde, that is that is um, you got to preach that louder to the folks in the back because trust without trust you've got nothing you've got nothing, uh, and with it you can truly and I know this sounds cliche but you can truly move mountains you know and and uh, it's challenging to build but gosh if you build it and then you lose it you you truly lost everything so thank you that that's a great high point to wrap our conversation on uh, here today okay so Matilde, Uh, Colin, uh, whether folks are interested in kicking the tires on front, whether they want to maybe, uh, I don't know if you do a bunch of keynotes. I think you'd be a brilliant speaker and an inspirational speaker, or if they just want to learn more, how can folks connect with you and front?
1: Well, so front, our website is very simple, front.com. And yeah, I mean, they should go on the website um, if they want to learn more about France, like in this place specifically, we work with amazing companies like you know, SS Freight forwarding and Flexport and Convoy and Priority okay, wow. and, and like we have so many companies. You know, we didn't spend a lot of time on on this, but I think for this industry at this specific moment in time, investing in being operationally stronger and retaining your customers better is absolutely critical. So first, you can go on the website, they can ask for a demo of our product, and I'll make sure that there is a wonderful Frontier that's going to explain to them how Front can make this experience better and deeply understand their business as well to make sure that there is a fit. I personally um, spend some time, but not too much time on Twitter um, so Colin Mathilde, so my last name, then first name, yeah. um, and I reply to, uh direct messages. I reply to tweets. Um, there are pros and cons of this social media platform, but the good thing is you can get in touch and you can hear what people have to say. Um, I post there, um, I write on medium or LinkedIn or like on France blog, um, and if I'm going to do a talk or a keynote, like this is usually where I will post that this is going to happen. So these two ways.
0: I love that. Uh, and, you know, Twitter sometimes can get a bad rap, but I, I find it to be a fascinating channel. Uh, it's been interesting as the world's opened back up. Some of the folks I've been, uh, I'll call it Twitter friends with, or digital friends with, I've had a chance to meet them in person at different conferences and cups of coffee. And it's just been a great, um, you know, a great relationship building device, which of course, I know you value because of uh, uh, what you've been doing day in day out. Front, that's what Front does. Um, yes. And then, one other quick comment, and folks, we're going to have you, you're going to be one click away. Check out all of the ways that you can connect with Matilda and Front on the episode page. You'll see links there. Uh, you know, here at the end of the conversation, you mentioned some of the uh, well known organizations, active members. Uh, part of global supply chain you're working with. So maybe next time we have you back on, we'll, we'll dive deeper into uh, some, some of the ways that supply chain leaders are using uh, Front. But nevertheless, uh, Mathilde really had a wonderful time learning more from your journey here today. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I appreciate your time. And uh, folks, you got to connect with uh, Mathilde Colin, and Front. Thank you very much for your time here today, Mathilde.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I also had a great time.
0: So folks, hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Uh, just really frank uh, transparent experiences from uh, a company on the move and from uh, one of the co-founders and fearless leaders behind the company. So check out front, connect with Matilde, be like me. I'm gonna connect with her on um, follow her on Twitter very soon. Uh, but whatever you do, whatever you do, I, I've got about 18 pages of notes from Matilda here today. Uh, on behalf of our entire team, Scott Luton challenging you. Hey, be like Matil. do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.